Morning, Michael. You well? Very good. Very good. See, it's um, it's a privilege to stand before you to preach today. I'm comfortable doing the communion, but it's just a one-off thought. But having to do a message, it's uh, a bit more demanding. And uh, every time when Malcolm calls me, Michael, will you do the communion? <laughs> Say, okay, that's very good. And he just called me, Michael, will you do the message? I, I wanted to say no, but... <laughs> and I said, well, how can a man of God tell to do something? Or for God to tell me to do something, and I'll say no. But um, I feel very humbled because um, I've come, I've listened to so much message in this service, especially the... Sermon on the Mount that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, to yeah. know that um, in just two, three chapters of the Bible, we can have so much to say. This was something I used to read. We used to even memorize while we were young. Yeah. And to know that we can preach even hours of um, messages on those three chapters. That's to tell us how deep the Bible is. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, today I'll be preaching as well, and I hope that um, I will be able to do justice to it. And um, looking at um, one problem that is constant to everybody that we can feel right now, we're just thinking, what do I talk about? And then I looked at, okay, overcoming worries and anxiety. And um, that's what constantly, even as adults, we have to face on a daily basis, worrying, anxiety, how do I meet this challenge, or how do I overcome this problem or the other? That's what we have to do on a daily basis. And then how can we really stop worrying when we look at things that go on around us on a daily basis? The first is the WHO, which reported sometimes during the week that um, there were about 80,422 confirmed cases of the COVID-19 in China alone, resulting in 2,984 deaths. And that's sometime last week, I'm sure almost every hour, the figure continues to change. And then outside China too, there are about 12,668 confirmed cases with about 214 deaths. But happily, we, they say it has peaked in China. And so that's something that we need for, they've not been recording the high figures that we used to hear about in the earlier, earlier in January and early February. So we believe that, uh, well, if, it's, if we can contain it in China, it's possible that we can also contain it in other parts of the world. Mm. And thankfully, our disciples in China say that so far none has contracted the virus. I think that's very good news. Man. And then, sadly, the meeting of the saints there has been disrupted. And so that's something that we need to thank God about, that uh, we can still meet comfortably. But I was wondering why we had fewer numbers today. <laughs> Could it be as a result of the coronavirus? <laughs> but, uh, well, we thank God that we can meet. And then, um, yes, deep down in us, we can't worry because uh, we have reasons to worry. We were thinking it was far away from us, but just as uh, Joyce said, it's come close to us. 
I live very close to the Royal Berkshire Hospital. And almost every day, maybe if I'm going out, I need to go to the bus shed at the main entrance. And sometimes this week, I'll need to go there to see somebody. So, but God says we should not worry. Amen. And then, looking at the economy, I'm sure they, they had a forecast for the year, but everything has turned upside down. China is not producing. Um, Italy, about as of today, they say a quarter of the population are in quarantine. Wow. And that's very disheartening. And even when we wanted to go to the shops to look for hand sanitizers, we couldn't find any. And I was talking to the attendant in Wikuda, but they said we still had about last week. But all of a sudden, everything, I said, when are you likely to have it? We don't know. So there's really a sense of anxiety and worry, but as it is, it is not for us to worry, just as Jesus has told us, God has told us, and there's abundant witness in the Bible that we don't need to worry. And even if you look at the fatality of the virus, it's not as bad. It's not as bad. So, but anyway, we have to carry on with our lives. And then, as we were still battling with uh, the virus, sometime this week, just before dawn on the 3rd of March, a powerful tornado tore through East Tennessee and Nashville, leaving at least 24 dead and many missing. Unfortunately, these occurrences might become more constant and a way of life because of man's excessive domination of creation. God told us to, is when he created everything, said it was good, and he put your, puts man over and above every other thing in the world. But over time, we've taken it upon ourselves to dominate the world. We have shifted the water and built where water is meant to be. Today, you and I, we, we've been talking about Millennium Development Goals. It came and went, nothing happened. Now we are not talking about the sustainable development goals. And um, while I was studying, we did a lot, I did a lot of uh, assignments on the sustainable development goals. But in reality, we can only do as much as mere rhetoric. Because if you look at it, now you and I, for example, we depend so much on data every day, we download so many things. But you know that as you use the internet, the power, the data with which you are downloading, much of the power comes from fossil fuel. Mm. So even as we are talking about, we want to reduce right. <laughs> emission of uh, greenhouse gases. But even by our own conduct, we are still bringing it more into the atmosphere. And unfortunately, the atmosphere is just one large expanse. There is no boundary. So even if you are doing your own little, you are putting a little effort here in some other places, they are not doing as much, so somehow it still comes back to you. So unfortunately, even for us as Christians, we will also we are part of the problem. So and we cannot isolate ourselves when they come. Just as um, we're talking uh, talking in the communion, suffering is an integral part of our lives. Even Jesus said, but what he only told us is he will be with us. So I have three points. The first one is worrying is lack of trust in God. 
The Bible passage is uh, Psalms 37, 1 to 11. Psalm 37, 1 to 11. I read, Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Now, this is an admonition. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil and the consequence. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Now, one of the very thing and modition in this passage is about anger. A lot of times, when you are worried, you are, you are angry with yourself. You are angry with others. Even sometimes, you are angry with God. As we can see in the case of Jonah, he was angry with God. And a lot of times we just, oh, we are not doing enough. And just as um, we were talking about in, this, in the communion, oh, I'm not worthy. What have I done again? I promise that I will not commit this sin again. Here I am again. And just as anger and worry or fretting, they are two very destructive emotions. And what they do is that they reveal a lack of faith that God loves us and is in control of our affairs. That is one of the things they do. And when you dwell on your problems, you will become anxious and angry. But if you concentrate on God and um, His goodness, you will find peace. So the question is, where do you focus your attention? So, as they said, as said in the passage, be still and patient. It is very difficult when we are under pressure. But what the Bible tells us is be still and patient. And a lot of times when we are calm, it helps us to look at issues from an objective point of view. So it's patience. You cannot say, they said as patient as Job. They said as patient as Job because Job had to go through the suffering. So we have to, we have to go through the pains, we have to go through the pressure before we can say we are patient. And our patience will be tested. But what did the Bible say? We should be still, we should be calm. It's in the midst of that silence, quiet place that we can really hear from God. And then my second point is worry is dangerous. 
worry is dangerous. Let's look at Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you would eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than, than food? and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more close you, O you of little faith, so do not worry, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So, as now, avoiding, avoid being too materialist, materialistic, like the majority of the world. A lot of times, oh, I need this car, I need this clothing. And you look at it, the car that was fashionable 10 years ago, it's not in book any longer. I remember a friend of mine, when he bought his car then, at night, he was sleeping beside his wife. He got up, went outside to go and look at the car. <laughs> so, when the wife got up, where's this man? He now looked and saw him by the window in the car outside. So, gently, she just to open the door. So just touch him. Immediately he touched him. He shook with fear. Fear. And then he was upset. So he told me, he said, I was embarrassed, Michael. I didn't know that she would still be doing that. <laughs> and then later I said, that was, you know, when you go to Lagos, driving in Lagos can be very crazy. And if you have a car, you are sure that it will suffer from bashing. Yeah. He said that but after two weeks, when he bought the car, he was in the car with his mom. And then somebody bashed the car from behind. Ah, he was so furious. He came down and everything. And then when he finished, he came back into the car. The mom said, I can't believe you are the one who acted that way. He said, Mom, I'm sorry. So after about three years, he was not telling Michael, this was the car that I was so crazy about. But now, I feel like getting a new one. And it happens to us a lot of times. Um, and the advertisers, they know how to play on our insecurity. For example, just imagine that I'm not married and my hair is getting bored. 
and then they bring out maybe a cream and say, oh, it's because you are poor, that's why you are not married. Oh, it's true, maybe last week, because I was talking to that girl, no wonder. And then I'll start chasing the cream. That'll make my hair grow. And they know that, so they play on our insecurity. And then they tell us Black Friday, everything. Are we truly sure that those things are half the price that they say? <laughs> this week, I showed Michael another aspect of our Nigerian style. We went to buy something together. And when we got there, it was one of the corner shops. So when we got there, the guy told us 10 pounds. I said, no, it cannot be 10 pounds. It's five pounds. Said no. I said, okay, we wanted to work out. Then said, okay, come and pay five pounds. <laughs> so Michael said, no, that is not English. I said, well, I'm not in the shop. If they put a price tag on it, then I won't bargain. <laughs> so he was over and said, eh, something for 10 pounds, you paid five pounds. I said, well, in Ni that even, maybe if you dress someone else, they might even call it three pounds. In Nigeria, you can say something is a thousand pounds, somebody will bring it down to 200 pounds. <laughs> and then from there, you begin to bargain. So, <laughs> sometimes, so, a lot of times, we think, oh, we've done the best deal. Ah, I got the best deal and everything. And a lot of times, we acquire things that we don't necessarily need. That's right. And these things may lead to idolatry because then they take precedence in our lives. Yeah. Oh, I need my job, my job. Your job becomes so important to you that even worshiping God is secondary. Not just our jobs. A lot of times we have programs. Oh, if I don't watch that program today, something else will happen. I'm a Chelsea fan. And a lot of times I'm usually worried when we are going to play. And we are still going to play today. So I'm worried, are we going to win or lose? Because even though we've been on that fourth position, but every other team is getting closer, and it seems that we are going to drop even from fifth. So you begin to worry, and sometimes I want to do something, and let me just, after I'm done with Chelsea. A lot of times, I don't give as much attention to things of God. I know when I was in school, and then assignments and everything, Sometimes I would not read my Bible because of assignments. So sometimes if you are not very careful, things that are secondary, they preoccupy our lives and God becomes a second or even third thought, even if you remember. And because of the ill effects of worry, Jesus tells us not to worry about those needs that God promises to supply. Worry may lead to a damage of our health. A lot of times we do anxiety problems, depression, even heart-related problems as a result of worry. And sometimes even the things that are going to things that will happen ten years from now, we're already thinking about them. Yeah. Things that we don't even know whether we will survive the day. We are thinking about what will happen next month. Another, that another, another problem we have is the cost, the objects that cause us to worry. Sometimes they consume our thoughts, and then we don't have any other thing. They 
to talk about they disrupt even our productivity mm. now we cannot concentrate when you are in the office you can't do so much you used to be, be a very good team player but because of excessive worry even your productivity will drop mm. those are things that negatively they affect even the way we treat others a lot of times when we are worried when we are anxious about things we react to other people negatively and a lot of times it's the people that we love yeah that we we transfer the aggression to maybe in the office meeting deadlines we were queried and everything we are stressed we cannot react to our bosses even when our bosses are talking to us, we will smile even though within us we know we are not happy but when we come home it's easy for okay your children your wife they will feel the brunt of the fact that your day has been stressful yeah and then maybe anger things that normally should not even make you angry usually become angry and then even the people your friends what is wrong with this person and then it reduces even your ability to trust god when you are becoming too anxious and everything god becomes secondary a lot of times you and i are thinking of how we can solve the problem not even thinking that okay can that be a better solution or as god promised us a better solution and when we look at all this anger ill treatment of others and all the negative effects of worrying health issues how many of these effects concern you how many of them are you going going through on a daily basis the difference between worry and real concern is that worry immobilizes you are stuck in a place but when you are concerned concern moves you to take action so instead of worrying about what we cannot do anything about we need to focus on what god can do for example a lot of businesses at the beginning of this year would have projected so much but today i was talking to ideas before before we started the service and he's not getting jobs because where are the goods coming in the goods are not coming into the country so where who are you going to deliver to now this is a man who has to think about his family how will he not worry All the projections we made in earlier in the year, they've all been thrown away into the bin. And then to now to give God the, our foremost priority is difficult. It means, but He's telling us that here what we can do is first place to place our life in God's hands. Because he's the only one who can help us. And he has promised that he will help us. So even amidst all the turmoil around us, who are we focusing our attention on? Are we thinking of friends? The Bible said the arm of flesh will fail you. I have felt it over and over in my life. The first time I tried to, to study in the UK, for, to study for a master's in the UK, was in 2012. I got admission in Loughborough University. I even went to Loughborough and said, okay, this is the university I'm coming to and everything. 
But I got back to Nigeria, I met a lot of friends, I met, okay, I can get it, I can get my government, this, my state government to sponsor, to give me a scholarship to come and sponsor, to come and do the course. The then Commissioner for Education was like a friend. I spoke to him, oh, it's fine, just bring your proposal and everything. But it did not work. And that was because I was not relying on God, I was relying on personal contacts. When it was meant to happen in 2017, it was just by chance. We have a WhatsApp group that we, and then somebody just, oh, somebody that um, Chivin is coming out and they are going to do a training on how to write the essays and everything. I was in Lagos and they said it was taking place in Abuja. And that was just two days before the training. I can't take permission from the office just like that to just leave and then go to Abuja. So one of my friends said, okay, she's going. I said, okay, if you are going, go. When you come, you come and tell me what you learned. She came and when we were still arranging to see, we now heard, okay, the same training was coming to, was taking place in Lagos as well. So I went and attended the Lagos one. And I understood how to do the essays. Luckily, I was on leave at that point in time, so everything started falling in place. I wrote my essays and everything, and a day before, and normally they would tell us that a day before, that that we try and submit a week before closure because there's usually traffic on the site. But I did not listen. And that's lack of planning. When you don't plan, then you become anxious. On the last day, when we tried to submit, it was not going through. I was there with my friend, he opened his own laptop, I opened my laptop, we were trying to, okay, anybody that gets onto the site first. Luckily, maybe we got onto the site, oh, do you still want to do any editing? I said, just submit. Anything, just submit. And then he submitted and like that, the result came out, I went, I scaled through that first stage. My friend who went to Abuja, came to Lagos and everything, she did not scale through. But everything just worked out. And when I got the, when I got the scholarship, I said, even my wife told me that it was your friend that made you to get the scholarship. So you have to help her to also get the scholarship. And then some few days ago we were talking, I was talking because she's now doing the master's. She actually won it the second time and she's doing her master's now in University of Sussex. So she was telling me that if not for me, she wouldn't have done it the second time because she was so discouraged. But I was on her case. Every time I would call her. So when I'm calling her, oh, this man again, what will I tell him? So people said, just send the essays. Let me, let me go through them and then give you feedback. So that was how he said, if not that I was on her case, she won't have done it again. So somehow, God takes care of us. And a lot of times, worrying will not do anything. True. Yeah. They only really aggravate the situation. Yeah. So instead of worrying, we should fill our hearts with the desires of God. Just leave everything to God. Love God. Continue to do what you are doing. So to take... We should also, apart from that, we should also take God's character as our own pattern of life. Right. A lot of times, 
just as we looked at the negatives of worrying anger everything angry with ourselves angry with god angry with friends that shouldn't be our pattern our pattern is to put on christ-like attitudes jesus was worried when he was going to the cross he was anxious but did he allow it to affect other people even when he came and saw the disciples sleeping you could have been angry with them you are meant to be my friends and here you are you cannot even Stay awake with me and everything, but he just went back and prayed. And it's so difficult knowing that maybe one has been sentenced to die. I know that the hangman in two days will be at my at the door of my prison of myself. How will I feel? Jesus knew he was it was it was destined to happen. And so difficult again that you even know that one of your own betrayed you and you were on it, the same table with that person and even you knew even from time that such a person that person was going to be the one to betray you yet what was his attitude mm-hmm. i'm sure that even if judas had come back if he had repented jesus would have accepted him just as he accepted peter so when things happen and when we are pressurized when we are stressed do we put on the human part, do our character, does it, does it reflect Christ or does it reflect our human nature? And to serve and obey Him in everything means that we need to leave everything to Him. There are lots of things that you and I cannot do on our own. So even if we worry from today to tomorrow, it cannot change. So, what are the things that are important to you? People, objects, goals, other desires, they all compete for priority in our lives. Any of these can quickly take God out of the equation if we are not very careful. So, we must make a conscious effort to ensure that God is our own priority. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all will be added unto us. Are we ready to hold on to that? Just like the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they said, We will not worship you. But even then, even if our God will not save us, we will still not do it. That is a deep conviction. That even if we know our God is more than able to do, but even if He does not do it, we will still remain our, who we are. We need to keep our things in proper perspective. Because if we put things in proper perspective, we know that there is nothing we can do on our own. It's all in God's hands. Planning for tomorrow, as they say, is time well spent. But worrying is worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Sometimes it is very difficult to tell the difference between worry and planning. Careful planning is thinking ahead about goals, steps, and schedules, and making conscious efforts, and trusting in God's guidance to see us through. But a lot of times, we leave things till the last minute. Right. And when we leave it till the last minute, 
then mm-hmm. we begin to worry. Mm-hmm. We, be, we, begin to, we begin to get anxious. And they say, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. So, rather than leaving things to the last minute, why don't we plan? If we look at God, God plans even the way he created the world. It was very systematic. Yeah. Let there be light. At least there must be light. Before. Then you can see what you are doing. So, do we plan? Or do we like to do a shot in the dark approach? <laughs> it has not worked for anyone. It will not also work for even as children of God. So sometimes, a lot of times, when we while away from, are we conscious of the time of the day? When he said, oh, okay, it's 11 o'clock, and by 10, you are still on your bed. How do you want to do it? But the truth is, when you are doing that for God, your own job that you think is so important to you, you don't go late to work. So why would you come late to God's church? Because we feel that God understands or you cannot do anything about it. Or God is not there to query us. So, as Christians, we need to plan. When people in the world are succeeding, they are not different from us. And they are, it's already laid, it, these principles are in the Bible. Whether you are a Christian or not, if you follow them, you will succeed. So, for us as Christians too, we know this is a template for us to follow. Let us plan. So that we don't continue to worry, we don't continue to be stressed, we don't continue to be anxious. And these things will ultimately affect our health, affect our relationship with God, and even affect ourselves. So, when things are done well, planning can help alleviate worry. Worrying, in contrast, is being consumed by fear and finding it difficult. To trust God. When I cannot meet my deadline, then fear sets in. Then even then I cannot pray. Even if I pray to you tomorrow, I was not I did not do what I was meant to do. So a lot of times fear, anxiety are a product of lack of planning. It is letting our plans interfere with our relationship with God when we fail to do the things that we, do, that we ought to do at the right time. It will affect our relationship with God. If I know, for example, I'm meant to submit an assignment by 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm not done, even if I wake, I might not sleep throughout the night, even if that morning I might not even pray to God because I know I have to meet that deadline. But that deadline, I knew it was going to come even three, four weeks ago. So, don't let worries about tomorrow affect your relationship with God today. Don't let the things that you cannot do anything about affect your relationship with God. And then, my last point to this, replacing worry with prayer. Replacing worry with prayer. Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. 
The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. In verse 6 there it said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, this is a template for us to follow. If problems come, we are meant to take it to God in prayer. Petition, prayer, thanksgiving, we should thank God for what He has done before. A lot of times, when we pray, are we just telling God what we want, or are we also full of thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. There's a proverb in my language that says, if you thank me for, if you thank God for what you got yesterday, you will receive more. <laughs> and a lot of times, even when things happen, I just, what I do is, oh, I look at the good times and thank God. And a lot of times, if we look back, when we are worrying, when we are angry with ourselves and with God, our good times have been more than our bad times. The problems that you and I had 10 years ago, that we thought those problems would consume us, are no more. Though even new problems will come, but there's no problem that will stay forever. Even those that will stay forever, maybe health challenges, God will give us ability to, 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 to cope. Imagine not worrying about anything. It seems almost an impossibility. I remember when we were growing up, as children, we didn't need to bother about food. I don't know that, we, don't need, we didn't need to bother about the clothes we were going to wear and everything. It was all our parents' um, problems. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember in my language, when you say, when, sometimes when we go and ask our parents, I need, I need money for something, they'll tell you, I have so much money. It's a paradox. Because they believe that you should not say it with your mouth and say you don't have money. So when they tell us as little children, I have money. If you have so much money, give me money, I need money. So we'll be complaining. But the truth is, they are also worried. And maybe that's why Jesus told us that for us to get to heaven, we have to be like little children. They don't need to worry about anything. So, can we start thinking like little children? Can we start believing that we have a father that is more than able to provide all that we need? Just as I said, if he can take care of the lilies, if he can take care of the birds, how much more human beings? Those that he created in his own image, his own children. He called, he called us a royal priesthood. When things happen, do we think, do we think about those names that God called us? Do we think we are 
royal men and women? Or do we just think we are just like the scum of the earth? Even though Prince Harry officially is not, um, is not bought, he will never become poor in his life. Even the contacts, the names, even the mere fact that he came from that lineage will open doors for him. Do we also think of that as Christians? We all have our worries. We have our worries on our, in our jobs, at home, in school, everywhere, meeting deadlines. But Paul's advice is to turn our worries into prayers. Do you want to worry less? If you want to worry less, then pray more. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to worry less, pray more. Yeah. Amen. Whenever you start to worry, stop to pray. Let it not be the last thing. Let it always be the first. Yeah. Let's stop to pray. God's peace can replace our worry if we pray. And then God's peace is different from the world's peace. Let's look at John 14.27. John 14.27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So this is the Bible telling us that we should not be afraid. We should not let our hearts be troubled. When we pray to God, He can give us peace of mind. Knowing that there's nothing we can do about it, there's nothing we can do as human beings. The storms will come, but Jesus will be with us in the storm. True peace is not found in positive thinking. Yeah. It is not found in absence of conflict or in good feelings. Yeah. It comes from knowing that God is in control of everything. Amen. Our citizenship in Christ's kingdom is sure. Our destiny is set, and we can have victory over sin. So let God's peace guard our hearts against anxiety. As I finish, there is a very good song and oldie, and I'm sure that a lot of us who were born in the 70s and 80s will remember the song. So I'll be happy if Ian can conclude the sermon with that song. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, Michael. That was a fantastic show. There's so much to take from that. I, I, I just thought of my kids. We go to we sometimes we'll pray at night, and um, my children will say, "Lord, please, God, just uh, let school be awesome. Let the home be cool." I'm not realizing, you know, and let the project be okay that I have in tomorrow. Meanwhile, they haven't really finished it. <laughs> and I think, you know, if you do fail to plan, like, uh, it just makes so much sense. I, I, one thing that really struck my heart there is that um, true happiness isn't, isn't being happy in the moment. It isn't just the, um, you know, you've just, you've just received a, a car or you've just received a great job promotion or because those things just come and go. Um, true joy is that knowledge of God's got my back. It's actually up to God. It's all in God's hands. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. It's uh, same well. Thanks very much, Michael.